the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What can we do? We recognize the permanence of these attacks. Don't lay low for a while because it's not going to pass away. Don't wait to serve until there'll no longer be any problems. You'll die before that. True leaders are realistic about the attacks of the church. They are willing to get hit. Thomas Brooks said that discord among Christians is unbecoming. He said, For wolves to worry the lambs is no wonder, but for one lamb to worry another, this is unnatural and monstrous. Sadly, both of these problems occur in our churches. Sometimes it's the world attacking from outside. Sometimes the wolves get in and masquerade as Christians. And sometimes it's squabbles and misunderstandings among ourselves. All of these are hurtful, but should not be surprising. And all are survivable if we're prepared to deal with them in a godly way. Difficult times have always been part of the church, and will be until Jesus returns. Hello, welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve will finish his first message in our series of messages from 2 Timothy, Chapter 3, and our topic is Surviving in Difficult Times. Have you ever been hurt by someone in your church? Chances are you have. It may have been intentional, but it was most likely not meant to hurt. But it still hurt, didn't it? And then there are the outright attacks on our faith from many unbelievers. People who will ridicule and marginalize us for our radical and intolerant beliefs, unaware that they are the ones who are actually intolerant. How courageous and gracious are we in response to these challenges? How did you respond? Did you lash out in return? Or did you just sulk silently and avoid that person? Some of us even decide that we are not going to serve or lead in the church anymore because we're tired of all the flack we catch. So we resign from everything, and often we even move to another church or stop going to church altogether. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 if you have your Bible with you. Here's Pastor Steve to tell us why throwing in the towel won't do us or the church any good. Listen, let me explain to you. That's reality. Hard times are reality. You'll never get away from that. The only thing that we have to be careful about is how we respond to those hard times. Look at that verse again. But realize this, implying that some do not realize this. Realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. He's talking about the church. He's not talking about society. He's talking about the church. Society always has difficult times. They create their own problems. But the church will be assaulted from all different angles, and uh, there are people who have been in some ministry-type positions and ministry experience, and they are just gun-shy. They don't ever want to get put in those positions again, but don't be naive. That's the way it always is. That's the way it's going to be. We don't live in a utopian age. The church is not in a utopian world, and... uh, We're going to have problems, and you cannot run away from them, and you can't retire to Florida and say, I'll let the young people do it. 
Ministry calls for this. You're on the front line. You're in the battle. And yes, you're going to get shot at. And yes, you're going to get hit. Do you know what you do? You retreat for a while, you get your wounds taken care of, and you come back stronger than ever. Recognize that the church must go through seasons of perilous, savage, violent attacks. And if you're in leadership, you stand before the church. In fact, that's what the word to rule means. It means one who stands before. So when when the shots come, guess who gets hit first? The leaders. There are always going to be problems in the church. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. And we looked at verse 13. Because men will get worse. There will always be evil in society. Always. However, the society that is evil will infiltrate the church, will come into the church. And that's why the church is going to have problems. Because the evil in the world affects the church because the church lets the evil come in. That's the problem. You see, we live in a very wicked world. And the church, even though it's told to be separated from the world, tends to jump on the bandwagon of the world. And whatever the world is doing, the church tends to buy into at times. And uh, we are living in very wicked times. And I, I think that times have never been more wicked. I think as man gets closer to the return of Christ, it just seems to get more wicked and more wicked. I think there have always been, obviously, wicked times isolated spots of rebellion, but it seems to me that society today has gone mad with evil. Mad with evil. You don't find pockets of rebellion. You find the whole, the whole gamut. You find the whole society. It's promoted. It's not just accepted. It used to be where it might just be accepted. Now it's promoted. There are ads on television that ought to make us blush. In fact, ought to make us turn them off. There are ads for blue jeans that are close to being pornographic. There are advertisements for perfumes that are, that, that are really close to being pornographic, if not pornographic. Some, uh, some time back, I received a bill from one of the department stores in our area, and, you know, they always send you advertisements in there. One of the advertisements had a picture of a nude woman on it. And so, this, is a, uh, this is a company, I won't mention the name of this company, very reputable very reputable department store in our area. I was so insulted by it that when I sent my bill in, I wrote a little note to them and said, I, have, I am offended by this. And they wrote me back an apology, and I haven't seen that, that ad since. But listen, right in, in a bill from a reputable department store, there's a picture like this. Being promoted in bold ways, evil around us is getting worse, which means that the church is going to get affected by it, and it is affected by it. And eventually it will climax in the falling away in an unparalleled manner of people from the truth. If you look at 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, and it's just a few books back from 2 Timothy. Let no one in any way deceive you. Obviously some were coming into the Thessalonian church and trying to deceive them. For it will not... Come, he's speaking of the day of the Lord. It will not come, that is the tribulation will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of sin, the man of lawlessness as the Antichrist is revealed. Paul is saying, don't let anyone deceive you because you know that you're not in the tribulation because before the tribulation comes, there is going to be a huge mammoth falling away of people who profess to know Christ And believe the truth, but they're going to abandon their theological positions. They never did know Christ. They just professed it, but they're going to abandon their theological positions. 
Orthodox doctrine will mean nothing to them. They will apostatize. They will reject the truth, even the truth that they mentally adhere to. Tremendous times. You say, well, that's a pretty pessimistic view. Yes, it is. It's a pretty pessimistic view of the church, of the church age, we should say. Well, I want you to understand that is pessimistic, but it has to be balanced by the fact that you and I can survive in these difficult times. Look at verse, uh, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy again, verses 13 through 17. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things that you've learned to become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from a child, Timothy, you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That's the balance. You don't have to be swept under by the assault. You have the word of God. You have something that you can adhere to. You have something that is a counterpunch to the wickedness of our day. If you cling to the word of God, then you'll lead a spiritually productive life in spite of the evil around you. But it is unrealistic to be optimistic about the future, even the things that will take place in local churches. It's unrealistic to be optimistic about a trouble-free church. Let me, um, let me quote to you. This is the recent edition of Moody Monthly. In fact, uh, the lead article here, Back to the Garden, the story in here is written by one of our former missionaries, Tom Woodward. I would recommend that you read this, but that's not what I want to quote about. There is a review of an article or a review of a book in here. Uh, a book that many of you have read, which is an excellent book. I have not read it, but I, have, uh, I know enough about it to know that I can recommend it based on what others have told me. But there is a response to the book by Dave Hunt called The Seduction of Christianity. Now, Dave Hunt's book is an excellent book. I would encourage you to get that. But they did a major review here of a book called The Reduction of Christianity, a biblical response to Dave Hunt by Gary DeMar and Peter Leithart. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And it was apparently reviewed by a professor from the Moody Bible Institute. And this is what he has to say. This book is a product of a group of evangelical theologians known as Christian Reconstructionists. And it's a response to Dave Hunt's the seduction of Christianity, which promotes the idea that the New Age movement is the powerful delusion of 2 Thessalonians 2.11, and that we are nearing the time of the Great Tribulation. Christian Reconstruction, and you might be familiar with this term, in contrast is the optimistic view of the future in which the church will disciple the nations and bring about the kingdom on earth. This will come as Christians penetrate every part of human endeavor, politics, culture, economics, and law with biblical principles from both Old and New Testaments. It gives you some insight as to why people want to change, why Christians are so interested, many of them at least, in changing the political structure because at the, behind that thinking is the thought of, uh, of a reconstruction of our society. Theologically, this is an updated version of post-millennialism. The view that Christ will return to earth after an earthly millennium brought about by the church through evangelization. In con it contrasts sharply with premillennialism, 
The belief that Christ will come to intervene in man's gradual decline and will supernaturally establish his millennial kingdom. So premillennialism says, which is what we teach here, that Christ will come back before his kingdom. He will set it up. Postmillennialism says he will come back after his kingdom. Hunt's premillennial seduction of Christianity claims that anything but a pessimistic view of the future is theologically suspect. And DeMar and Leithart are at pains to demonstrate, uh, pains to demonstrate that their reconstructionist postmillennialism is thoroughly evangelical and that Hunt's brand of premillennialism is excessively pessimistic and defeatist. They believe, and listen to this, that New Age humanism must be taken seriously as a threat to biblical Christianity now, but that like uh, false teachings of the past, it will eventually be discredited and pass from the scene. I think that is very naive. You know what they're saying? They're saying, look, heresies come and heresies go, and it'll all work out. Naive. They've misunderstood 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yes, different heresies come and different heresies go, but when one dies out, another is always there. They may change their names, but they never stop. So it really doesn't matter if today's assault is called the New Age Movement and tomorrow's assault is called something else. The point is that things are not getting any better. They're getting worse. It won't pass away. It is permanent. And if you want to survive the seasons of of attack on the church, you've got to wake up and recognize that the times are difficult and you can't just put your head in the sand and say, ministry will go on without me. And, and when things get better, then I'll come out and then I'll help in the church and then I'll help in uh, ministry. No, no, that's not the way it is. You get out now and you get involved and if you get hit and you get hurt, that's all part of the nature of the beast. So very quickly, we just want to say that to survive, you need to know the permanence of difficult times. Secondly, and we're not going to deal with this much, I just want to touch upon it as a way of introducing it for next time, the problem of difficult times, the root problem of difficult times. Why are there problems in the church? Why is the church assaulted? Why will there be worse times on the horizon? Well, the reason the church goes through difficult uh, and dangerous seasons is because of the people in the church. Look at verse 2. For men will be... Now, let's stop there. You know why there's problems in the church? Because men will be... That's why. It's not the programs of the church. It's not the procedures of the church. It's not the mechanics of the church. It's the people of the church. The reason that there are problems in the church and assaults in the church is because people who are in the church bring these problems. They bring these problems with them. And he says men will be. This term men is mankind in general, anthropoi, from which we get our term anthropologist, one who studies the the human race. The human race will infiltrate the church, and people in the human race will have some real problems. I want you to see what these problems are. There are about 19 things that are mentioned here. I'm not going to study them all tonight. But I want you to see the first and the last and understand everything in between. For men will be, first of all, lovers of self, and then jump down to verse 4, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know what the problem with the, uh, the cause and the problem for difficult times? People love themselves and they don't love God. 
That's why. And, and you take a society that hates God and loves themselves and you put them in the church and you have a church that, that is made up of people who don't know anything about service, don't know anything about humility, don't know anything about loving God and loving their neighbor as themselves, and they are stuck on themselves and everything rotates around them and you can never satisfy them and they are the source of problems. Unsaved people who bring these attitudes into the church and these unsaved people who come into the church with their unsaved attitudes rub shoulders with saved people and the saved people who ought to know better and should have better attitudes fall into these attitude problems and they create problems as well. That's why the end of verse 5 says, avoid such men as these. Why? You don't want to get infected with their disease. And their basic disease is that they love themselves. Remember in Matthew chapter 22, a lawyer came to Jesus, one who was knowledgeable of the law, and he said, what's the greatest commandment, Lord? Greatest commandment. Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, soul, and might. And the second greatest is to love your neighbor as yourself. You love God, you'll have no problem loving your neighbor. You love yourself, you won't love God, nor will you love your neighbor. And we'll probably have more to say about this because we have really gone overboard. In the name of self-esteem, we have become self-centered. In the name of looking good, we have gone gung-ho on an attitude of uh, impressing others and really worshiping ourselves. But that's the real problem. The real problem is that men will be lovers of self. That's the root of it. Everything else takes off from there. They don't love God, but they love themselves. You fill a church with people who love themselves, and you've got a real lot of problems in that church. Misdirected love. Someone has said this, the heart of every problem is a problem of the heart. The heart of every problem is a problem of the heart. So what have we said tonight? Don't be shocked by the problems of a church. Expect them. Don't be naive about them. The church will always be under attack. And the worst enemies are those from within the church, not outside. Not outside. They'll infiltrate and they'll, they'll challenge your thinking and my thinking. They'll challenge us on that. And rather than ministry and rather than service, we'll be thinking, why doesn't the church meet my needs? That's not the right attitude. Men will be lovers of self. And you know, when you love yourself, like he's talking about here, we're not talking about having a good attitude towards yourself. We're talking about loving yourself, worshiping self. You can have no relationship with anybody. In fact, that's really why, why divorce is at an epidemic level. Because you go into a marriage and you think that everything rotates around you. You can't have a relationship with anybody else. Everything is stuck on you. Unless you marry a slave... And, uh, and then you can do that. But that's not God's design. What can we do? We recognize the permanence of these attacks. Don't lay low for a while because it's not going to pass away. Don't wait to serve until there'll no longer be any problems. You'll die before that. True leaders are realistic about the attacks of the church. They are willing to get hit. Verse 5 says, avoid such men as these. Don't associate with people who have these tendencies in their lives. And verse 14 says, continue in the things that you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And we're just jumping ahead to be encouraging. I don't want you to leave here totally uh, depressed about this. But there is victory. Continue in the word of God, which God has given to equip you. Follow godly men. Don't follow men like this. But I, I think the thing that has been so impressed upon me in these last few days is especially for those who, uh, who want to serve in the ministry, want to serve in the church, it, it's going to continue. It's going to continue. Our elders were just talking about that, about this very thing. So many men don't want to serve 
Good men. They've just gotten hurt in the past. I think every leader could say, I've been hurt. Listen, I've been hurt in the past. Everyone who has ever been in a leadership position has been deeply hurt and deeply wounded. And I might say, if it was just up to them in the flesh, they would have walked away from leadership positions long ago. But you've got to understand that this is what the church is all about. It will always be attacked. They are not attacking you personally. They are attacking the church because the church belongs to Christ. And we are ambassadors in his name. So take it. Don't retreat. And I really think that's the heart of what he was saying to Timothy. Timothy, don't retreat. Get up, grab the baton, and run with it. Perhaps you're thinking, I I really want a church without any problems. I don't believe in good luck, but if I did, I'd say good luck, because you'll need it. There is no church like that. Church is always going to have problems, but your responsibility is to be all that God wants you to be in the midst of a troublesome situation. As much as I think that Lakeside is a healthy church, remarkably healthy, as much as I think that it has tremendous strong points, I understand that we're under attack I understand that. There are attacks at every, it seems every front, you put one thing down, another thing pops open. That's just the nature of the way things are. The nature of the way things are. Don't be naive and think that uh, when we get one thing solved, we'll have a perfect church. We won't. You know why? Because imperfect people go here, including myself. What are you going to do about it? You've got to have an attitude that says, I will serve and I will be involved, and I will not center things around me because I understand what the real battle lines and issues are. Your attitude is the whole key to what you'll do. But my responsibility is to tell you, you must realize that in the last days, these days, difficult times will come. What will you do, though, in those difficult times? Our Father, I pray that you will equip us to serve and minister and not retreat There are so many men and women who have been deeply hurt in the past, and they're scared. They're gun-shy, and I, I sympathize. I understand that. I know what it is to be hurt and to be misunderstood. I know what it is to open up to somebody and have them turn around and, and hurt you, deeply wound you. Father, I pray that the truth from your word might sink into our hearts we would realize that this is the nature of ministry and we would stop living for ourselves and we would stop taking these things so personal because they're really not. I pray that you'll, you'll heal those wounds in people and help them to, to get going because they realize that to be involved in a church is to be vulnerable to attack. Our Father, I pray that you give us insight into this series Help us to understand what the issues really are and help us to respond as Christ would have us to. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Some of us come to church thinking it'll be like a cruise ship. Good times all the time. If we're disappointed, we move on and on and on, never quite settling down because we can't find what we're looking for. Well, we can't find it because we're looking for something that doesn't exist. Church isn't a cruise ship. It's a warship. A warship isn't made for good times, although good times do happen. But there are also times of discipline, hard work, and even disagreement. God uses that to equip us for the spiritual battles of life in a sin-cursed world. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse. 
Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Please feel free to drop in any Sunday you're in the area, and I'm sure you'll find a warm welcome. You'll find service times and directions on the website, lakesidechapel.com, or call Lakeside at 727-441-1714. Call that number, too, if you'd like to have a free CD with all three parts of the message Pastor Steve just finished. That's 727-441-1714. Verse by Verse is listener-supported radio. If you'd like to help us stay on the air, call Lakeside at the number I just gave you or stop in at our website, versebyverseradio.org, and click on the Giving tab. That's versebyverseradio.org. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous broadcasts, we have hundreds of them on the Message Archive page. There's no charge, so stream or download as many as you'd like to hear. This is Jerry Peterson. There was a Peanuts cartoon way back in 1959 where Lucy, who was playing jump rope, said to Linus, You a doctor? Ha! That's a big laugh. You could never be a doctor. You know why? Because you don't love mankind, that's why. And she skipped away, still jumping rope. Linus shouted after her, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. (laughs) That wasn't the only time Linus said that. I wonder how many times the rest of us have said it too. On our next verse by verse, Pastor Steve will deal with why there are problems in the church. As you can guess, it has to do with people. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.